3: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
4: Ron and Anian, I think you can put the belt on the wrong side of the pump. Tension it. It looks right, but you're actually spinning the water pump backwards.
5: Oh my gosh. I'm burning, I'm burning, I'm burning for you.
6: The car doctor. The fire is burning so hot, it actually takes the water and chemically breaks it down into hydrogen and oxygen. So you now have a fuel and you have a source of
7: oxygen, and it just intensifies the fire.
0: Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open, but I am here to take your calls. At 855-560-9900.
5: And now
4: here's Ronnie. Yeah, since uh, nineteen ninety one, we've been taking your calls. Look at that, right? We're, uh, geez, I guess this is um, we're into the thirtieth year now, Tom. We're uh, we're getting old. So, Tom, I want you to know that you've aged a little bit. What do you mean, we? So, well, uh, you know, I remember when you used to have hair. Hey, Tom, how hey. How, how come working with me caused all your hair to fall out?
6: Kind of like being married, Ron. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I love you, Tom. Tom was in Iowa this week, um, and it was just funny to hear Tom call. Tom called me from Iowa. He flew up. Where'd you go? You went up through Minneapolis and then drove down?
6: Yeah, I, I, yeah pri- primarily because from the from this area here, you can't get there from here. So it was a lot easier to take a three-hour direct flight to Minneapolis than it was to... Uh, take an 11-hour flight to Des Moines, Iowa. Um, but, yeah, no, no, I, I gave you a call, and we were talking about right-to-repair and the size of the tractors and the right. fact that there are miles-long farms out there. It's incredible. Yeah, and, and right-to-repair
4: came up again this week in the news. I haven't had a chance to research it, but the FTC has is now backing uh, right-to-repair. Mr. Cooper, another member of our research team, our, our volunteer research team, at the very least, uh, sent me in a note saying that uh, the FTC has approved Right to Repair and is backing it. I believe that's what it was. So I have to I have to research that and talk about that next week. Uh, we'll bring that up. But you know, you talk about these giant tractors and what it takes to repair some of these things. Uh, you know, Tom, the average farm was how many acres big? It was uh, it was you know a couple of miles down the road each way in all directions, right?
6: Oh, it was incredible, and and, and I, I passed. I am going to guess what this thing was was a cultivator. It had, it had the tools in the side, kind of flipped up, like you know, like a set of wings. Around the tires were bigger than the car I was driving. I was driving a Toyota Rav Four. Yeah, and it just it just
4: it just has to make you think. Like, what do you do when that breaks? And you know, you are out in the middle of a field, in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere. So uh, just, you know, God bless the farmers for what they do. Listen, you have to think about the farmers. Every time you go to the supermarket, you know what? There's always strawberries. There's always apples. There's always lettuce. There's always something there to feed us. So uh, I don't know how they do it. To me, it's it's a mystery. But uh, God bless the farmers and for all they do and the food workers, for everybody else helping to keep this country going. So uh, essential workers all. And uh, a lot of them don't get the credit. Let's open the uh, garage doors, Tom, before I before the flag goes up and I start to hear the national anthem. Let's, uh, let's go talk to, well, we have two Pauls from Minnesota. Let's go Paul Minnesota Battery Story. And then uh, we'll go Paul Minnesota Grand Prix. So Paul Minnesota Battery Story. How are you, Paul? Well, howdy. Yes, hey, sir.
5: Uh, do, you hear, do you hear me okay?
4: I sure can. So can everybody else. So what's on okay. your mind? Yes, sir.
5: All right. I was going to say, I got a, You were talking last hour about this battery drain on this uh, car, or whatever it was, and uh, it reminded me of a story. That, you know, this may not be the problem that this person is having, but uh, here a few years ago, a friend of mine had a problem like that. It took took them mechanics forever to find it. It was a battery drain. It went battery went dead every three, four days in this pickup, uh, the Chevy pickup, and uh, darn it, if it wasn't the, the glove compartment light. The switch was broken, and the glug, the glove compartment light stayed on. Oh yeah, sure. And and and
4: and, and the and way and, they
5: the way yeah. the, the, the the way they narrowed it down was, uh, well, the, they thought oh, maybe that switch ain't working right or something. Well, anyway, they took the bulb out, and then uh, it it quit draining the battery. Right, so they they tested it for sure.
4: Now, what's wow, that was
5: a kind of an interesting story. What's what's
4: what's really neat, Paul, is if you use a thermal imager like I was describing, that thermal yeah. imager will find that bulb hot three hours later if that bulb is lit. Okay, because well, that's I, that's you know, the I, idea. I, it's I generating heat. I, to tell you the truth, I'll get I, a I'll get a battery drain vehicle in the shop, and if I'm leaving it inside overnight. I'll usually make arrangements where I'll put that car inside. Oh, four o'clock ish. We go home five, and you know, usually yeah. I'm there another half hour, forty-five minutes. It's a quarter to six before I walk out the door. Many nights, I'll walk over to that battery drain car, and it's dark in the shop, and I'll just push my nose up against the glass, and I'm looking to see any lights, any lights peering out from behind any cracks or openings that uh, we might not normally see. Um, but yeah, glove compartment lights are a good one. Uh, tail lights are a good one the interior lights that are hidden in the back for reading lights sometimes you don't have a clear shot at them you have to look at all this stuff Uh, you have to look at in the rear of the car you have to look inside the console where the self-charging ports are because people will plug in cell phone chargers create the drain and forget that they're there And, you know, and then all of a sudden they realize, oh, wait a minute, there's a a cell phone charger. I put it inside the console three months ago, and I forgot to take it out. So, uh, you know, all good stuff. All good stuff. Paul, we appreciate the time. Get yourself a glass of water, brother. You sound like you're, uh, we don't want to get you hurt. Um, But we appreciate you taking the time. We're always glad to take contributions from our listenership. Absolutely. Paul, Minnesota, 08 Pontiac Grand Prix. But we have to clarify. If we get one more Paul today, I'm going to think this is a, this is a setup. Paul, Minnesota Grand Prix. How can I help you, sir?
7: Hey, good to talk to you, Ron. Thank you, sir. I've got a 2008 Pontiac Grand Prix that that wants to pulse when I try to accelerate slowly going up a hill on the highway.
4: When when you say pulse, Paul, is that are you are you? Saying a shake, or the car shakes, or the car misses, no.
7: misfires. No, it misses it, a step. It's just, it's just the, the It's just the engine is pulsing. It kind of. I can see it in the tachometer.
4: It's surging.
7: Tachometer will, yep. Yep. Okay.
4: All the time, or at random.
7: It's all the time when I'm accelerating slowly up a hill,
4: but not when you accelerate hard.
7: Okay. I accelerate hard; it'll take off and run just fine.
4: anybody anybody look at this? Try and diagnose it, repair it. anybody do any work to it?
7: No. What I did was I changed the uh, air filter and the uh, I cleaned out the mass airflow sensor.
4: Okay, and there was no difference. It,
7: it seemed to help a little bit, but it didn't
4: take it away. All right. When you look at the transmission, the 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 gears, right? Do you have D and D with a circle or just D with a circle?
7: I believe it's just D with a circle.
4: Okay. So you have overdrive. Is it at all speeds?
7: No, it's mostly just like if I'm going about 60-70 miles an hour
4: and you try to accelerate it's from at, you try to accelerate from 60 to 75 miles an hour, that's a heck of a variation do you have a um do you have a scan tool by chance paul no i don't i'd really love to see what fuel trim is doing and i'd love to see if the transmission was in a different gear would it would it create the same condition and the only way i i know yeah. to do that is if you lightly press on the brake the vehicle will drop out of lockup converter and then try and accelerate yeah. Does that make a difference in how it operates? But it's still going to come down to looking at vital signs. Here's a case where we've got something's askew in the car and it hasn't set a fault code yet and it's probably been doing this for a while.
7: It has been doing it for a long time. It's always been done it.
4: Yeah. You know, my question would be what's borderline out of whack but not enough to set a fault and I would want right. to look at I would want to look at some of the vitals. Uh, the fact that it does it on light tip-in acceleration, I don't know. I'm sure you've done it, but I, I would want to make sure the throttle plate's clean. I would want to just take a look okay. at fuel trim. Is fuel trim higher than normal or askew? I'd like to know, is it, a, is, it, is it a true misfire? Is it an ignition miss? Or I'm sorry, not an ignition miss, but is it a misfire such that the engine's actually missing, or is it a stutter? Because the transmission is stuck in lockup and it's not shifting properly. And there's a hesitation coming out of lockup.
7: Okay. All right. So that's why. As as soon as it downshifts, it just takes right off. Right. Sounds great.
4: Right. So do you ever get it? Does it have to be uphill if you were, um, you know, if you were doing 60-65 on a flat stretch of road and just lightly stepped on the gas, kind of like a little tip in just to, accelerate would it do it then as well
7: yes it will
4: it will so it's not necessarily just uphill right if you were doing 30 miles an hour or 40 miles an hour 38 it's got to be less than 38 under 35 let's make it 35 miles an hour and you're just kind of lofting down a road and you go to step on the gas is it a little crisper and it's not a sluggish a response
7: Right, it doesn't do it then. It only right. seems like it's when I'm on the highway. Yeah, know?
4: I think you've got a trans. that's late coming out of lockup. So try what okay. I said. Enough. Step on the brake enough just to get the brake light to come on. Learn how to turn the brake okay. lights on. You, know, you don't want to step on it hard so you're dragging the brake, but just enough so that it... Uh, you know, you turn the brake light on, it'll keep it from coming into lockup or converter overdrive. Does that affect the way the transmission shifts, or does that affect the way the vehicle operates? And if it does, you've got more of a transmission issue than an engine issue. Call me back. We can talk about okay. it further from there. All right, sir? All right. Thank you. You're very welcome. Good luck to you. 855-560-9900. running and the car doctor at your service right after this.
2: Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's the little old lady from
0: Pasadena.
6: He drives that way, but when it comes to fixing cars, Ron has car advice done right. 855-560-9900.
4: Here's Ron. Hey, let's get over and talk to Pete in Orlando, Florida. Pete, welcome to The Car Doctor, sir. How can I help?
6: Hey, I, uh, well, thank you for taking my call, first of all. you um, I wanted to talk about scan tools. Um, I've been looking at some here for the past few weeks, uh, researching them, reviews, everything I can find online. I think I'm about ready to pull the trigger on an MK808BT.
7: Okay,
4: sure. I'll um, tell. Absolutely. And
6: I wanted to kind of get your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on it. And there are a couple things I really wasn't able to find good answers on out there, too.
4: So, you know, what kind of vehicles are you working on, Pete? Family stuff? or you a weekend warrior? Are you the neighborhood mechanic for everybody around you? Or, you know, what's the depth of what you're going to do uh, with it?
6: It would it would be uh, our family stuff. You know, my daughter's got an eleven Focus. Uh, my wife drives a two thousand fourteen Fusion, and I've got a two thousand sixteen F one so, hundred and fifty. Okay, so, um, it would so be, I'd be looking at those things right now, at least to start, right. and hoping to have something that, as we move forward through our vehicles, I could carry it with me.
4: You probably can take that MK eight hundred eight. Autel does a really great job of of keeping their stuff updated and current. And, you know, that tool, but there, that tool will have a cycle. You should get three to five years out of it. And I say that only because okay. technology is going to, you know, uh, in, in the course since we started this conversation, it's probably changed seven or eight times, if you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah. You know, the, yeah. the, the key will be what sort of special functions does that tool have? All right, and they'll do that. They'll cover that. You know, Autel is always updating their software, so you may find in software releases, and just verify with them, and I'm fairly certain it does, but just verify with them that there'll be future software releases for that tool, and in those software updates, you may find certain special functions that the tool doesn't have now that will have then. All right. And Autel is really good at that. Okay. They're 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 one of the industry leaders in terms of keeping tools updated like that. They do a great job. But you know, everything's gonna have a cycle. Okay. Right? It's it's if if scan tools never got outdated, I'd still be using the first one I bought back in 1984, which is hanging on a wall <laughs> in the shop under a plastic bag, because right. uh, it's kind of fun to look at and go, "Wow, we started there." You know, it's sort of like I wish I had kept that first DOS computer with the floppy disk drive. Uh, you know, it just would have been an interesting thing to look back and reminisce about. So, but um, y- you can't go wrong with an Autel. You can't go wrong with an MK808. As a matter of fact, the MK808 is my home tool um you know just in case something pops on at home and you know i've got oh, a you know excellent. i i want to know what code i'm getting or if i want to you know do something reset a light or something maybe one of the kids comes home for the weekend or something and i don't want to have to go to the shop and open things up and you know something weird happens if i go to the shop just to do one thing i'm there for 3 hours because all of a sudden oh i could do this and let's play with this and do we put right. this away and uh, you know it it just becomes a whole kebaba um, but yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with an Autel. And I think you'll find okay. them. I think you'll find a price point. The MK808, depending upon which it is, um, I think you'll find a price point. The one model, the older model, was in the $5,600 range. And I think the newer one was in the $8,900 range. So just know which model you're chasing okay. and uh, whatever yeah. the budget. I always tell everybody buy as much scan tool as yeah. your budget allows. You y you, you you almost can't go wrong that way. Uh you know, it'll it'll pay you dividends okay. you know when it comes back to you. Um you know, yeah. Okay. So where are you gonna buy it from, Pete? Excellent.
6: Uh well uh Hotel lists uh Walmart dot com as a uh uh where to buy. Um so I'm assuming they are an authorized uh dealer. Right. Um, and call call that's something. I'm going to confirm, but uh, yeah, call the, call their, Autel their and find out. Their directs you directly to them.
4: Yeah, yeah. I would I would so. call Autel. I would call the 800 number on Monday. You know, and you're absolutely right. You go okay. out to autel.com, and um, I would ask them because you know if they're not a verified retailer, then you know you want to buy from somebody that's going to support the tool. So if you have right. questions and 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 issues. Not that I think you will, but just, you know, again, I think Autel is one of the top-flight companies right. selling scan tools right now. I think they're doing a really great job. So um, Excellent. You can't Excellent. go wrong.
6: All right, sir? Fantastic. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You're
4: very welcome, Pete. Thanks for being part of the Car Doctor family. We uh, appreciate the question. Scan tools, and, you know, Father's Day is coming up, and, you know, it's you, you talk about scan tools, and uh, there's the thing that Dad needs, right? Everybody needs a way to look at... Uh, data and to be aware of what the car is seeing or saying Uh, you know how many times during the course of this show just today if you notice some of my questions are do you have a scan tool can you look at fuel trim can you look at misfire events can you and it's because seat of the pants stuff we had a couple of calls today i don't know if it was this hour or last hour i think it was uh, uh, this hour Paul from Minnesota with the Grand Prix. I think he's got a transmission issue, but he's interpreting it as an engine problem. And you know, a scan tool will help disseminate that. Aside from some of the trips, tricks, and tips that I gave him, uh, will disseminate that and help you know point that in the right direction and uh, tell him right from wrong. So you know, very important stuff. Very important stuff. Quick piece of email before we go to uh, the pause. Ron, this is from Dave. Ron, retired and ready to travel. The wife wants an Escalade. Which one is the best year and what to avoid? Well, avoid something older, Dave. And I say that sort of tongue-in-cheek, but buy the best Escalade you can afford. Um, the new ones are really nice. They work really well. Uh, we've got a couple of customers running around in, in 19s and 20s, and they're like, it's like driving your couch on wheels. Uh, super comfortable. Uh, they they're all reached that point in life where they're not retired, but they're driving kids back and forth to college. And the comments from all of them. I just saw one of them this week. Mike and Mike said to me, he goes, Ron. He says, I don't even, I, I I don't fall asleep. I get out of the truck. I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go. It's uh, it's a wonderful vehicle to buy. So uh, buy what the budget allows, Dave. The newer, the better. The more technology, you'll like it better out on the road. Good luck. Enjoy retirement. I'm Ron Ani in the Car Doctor. Coming back right after this.
2: These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at Purdue Welcome back. We're on
4: the and name of the car, Doctor 855-560-9900. Uh, if you've got a car problem, give us a call. We'd be glad to talk to you about it. Um, I- I think part of the issue for hesitancy, if you ever hear me sound a little restrained or restricted from embracing uh, technology with all the love that you would expect from me, and, uh, you know, I'm just cautious, is because of situations like this. I was reading a recent case study from the folks over at Mitchell One, a real fix, your track. Repair that they've got listed. That they uh, they'll they'll take documented repairs from repair shops as they sign into their database, and then you know get the story behind the story and explain it in some logical manner. And it's it's a learning opportunity. It's it's something if you take the time to read it. It's a case study, and you can you can grow from it and expand your horizons and 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 you know increase your knowledge base. And that's what auto repair is about. For years. I have maintained that a vehicle comes into the shop, my shop, um, we will once a year do a vehicle scan. It's incorporated in part of a yearly service so that we uh, we know what the numbers are. We know what fuel trim is. We know what fuel pressure is on newer vehicles. You can actually see fuel pressure on GDI cars now. They'll show you a sensor even on older vehicles. You'll we'll look at things from how it ran under calculated load, what mass airflow sensor was at idle, what it was going down the road at fifty five, what it was going down the road when you put your foot through the headlight. You know, it's it's called data. It's no different than going to a doctor, and you know they'll take your heart rate, their your blood pressure. You know, you ever have a non fatal? How can I say this politically correct, Tom? You've got a non-fatal, non fatal, non damaging illness but you've got to go to six or seven doctors in the course of two weeks and what's everybody do heart rate blood pressure look at your eyes look at your nose look at your throat it's it's the same thing they're gathering data i think that's going to become the norm with cars because of the story the situation that i'm going to tell you here they talk about a scenario where a repair shop picked up a ford f450 that developed a surge after a stolen catalytic converter had been replaced. So they'd never seen the vehicle before. They don't know what what good looks like or what good on this particular vehicle looked like. And now they're stuck with a problem after they got the car running, after they got the truck running, and all they did was replace the catalytic converter. And the problem here is, is it related to the part? Is it related to something you did? You know, it's the old story. You touched it. It's your fault. It's now something you have to resolve. And they went through a series of diagnostics with it. It's a 2015 Ford F-450, the article from Mitchell One Continues. And it's intermittent surging after catalytic converter replacement. They did some diagnostics. They put a computer in it on basis of what I don't know. It doesn't say, but they did. And they still had this vehicle that it surged at times, and it was ever since. It was an ever since car, ever since the catalytic converter had been replaced. So, they went through, they did codes, it, it had some intermittent settings of 219A and B, which is a problem in air-fuel ratio, it was an imbalance there, and a 420, which is a one-time catalytic converter fault on this vehicle. They replaced a couple of O2 sensors, and they really ran out of solutions. They had come to the end of the brick wall where they couldn't find anything else wrong, and they they... Ask the Mitchell One community. Hey, you know what do you see? Does anybody out there has anybody come up with a common fault? This was a mid two thousand V ten vehicle, uh, meaning that was the size of the engine that caused this problem. And the answer was: check the intake for leaks, check the exhaust because a small pinhole can drive this system nuts. Turns out the PCM was sending out, and there's a reason I'm telling you this story. Just stay with me a minute here. The PCM was sending out a quarter volt on the signal return for the rear O2, causing it to read incorrectly but in the valid range. When the mass airflow was unplugged, it forced the PCM to run an open loop and it would run perfect. In closed loop, it would surge. The problem was that the downstream... O2 sensor was providing incorrect input. They put a PCM in this, and the vehicle was fixed. The problem was in the PCM, not in anything else. Remember before, beginning of this hour, we were talking to Paul in Minnesota. I keep coming back to the two Pauls this hour. But Paul in Minnesota with the Grand Prix and the vehicle surge, and one of the things I talked about was where's fuel trim? Fuel trim is probably heart rate and blood pressure to a vehicle today. Just like it was for this this F four fifty, they needed to know what fuel trim was because they were seeing an imbalance in air fuel mixture in the way the vehicle operated and, and what it was creating. And I really think that we've got to change our minds. We've got to change how we approach cars. We've got to change we've got to change how we approach working on cars. And we've got to be willing to pay for testing. You, the consumer and shops have to wanna to be able to do it, which I know a lot of them do. They're hesitant because it takes time and time as money in the in the repair world. But I really see the day where you're gonna see a labor up of scan all vehicles, scan all modules on this vehicle, store, record, print, and file. And then I think you're gonna see the day where it's you're gonna pay a charge for this and you're gonna the vehicle's gonna go out on the road and they're gonna run it through its paces and record that information because it's gonna be good, solid information, known good helps fix a problem vehicle every time you have something to compare it to. So just, you know, another great one from the folks over at Mitchell1, Mitchell1 Mitchell1.com, the Short Track community that um, exists. And it's always good to have a second head to bounce information and ideas off of because nobody out there can know any one thing. It's just, or not everything, it's just... There's just too much going on with cars today. But the way they broke this down and strategized it, they looked at fuel trim, they looked at the way the catalytic converters were operating, and they realized that the problem was in the way the PCM was functioning, that it had a problem with the main engine computer. Even though the catalytic converter had been replaced, had nothing to do with it. Maybe the problem was there prior to the cat being stolen, but now the shop has stuck with it. It's ever since, the ever since syndrome. They touched it now they've got to fix it, and they did. So um, just something to think about. Diagnostics is a step-by-step process. Let's pull over and take a pause, Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. 560 9900 Ron and Andy, The Car Doctor, coming back right after this. the car doctor 855-560-9900 the car doctor's 24 7 phone number give us a shout if you miss us up here on air call us leave a message tom riley in queue for the next live broadcast um you see the article in yahoo finance ford bmw lead a 130 million dollar investing round in solid state battery startup and the article goes on to talk That came out this past week the article goes into how they're developing and investing all this money in battery technology trying to get down the cost of batteries for electric vehicles for the electric vehicle future so 130 million dollars a drop in the bucket you know auto repair automobiles are just such <clears throat> big dollars it's all about it's all about you know the the expense or 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 or, or you know, spending money making money Recent article, Kathy research. Kathy handed me from uh, some of her endeavors this week. The Transportation and Climate Initiative, a collaboration between 12 Northeast and Mid-Atlantic states. This comes to us courtesy of uh, AAA. Um, Aimed to reduce carbon emissions from the transportation sector as a new program that plans to substantially cut greenhouse gas pollution while simultaneously investing billions, that's billions with a B, in cleaner transportation. The TCI program would require fuel suppliers (laughs) <laughs> see I don't understand this to purchase allowances for the pollution their fuel produces so in other words, we're going to make something that makes pollution and if we throw more money at it that makes it okay because why i don't I don't understand that if it's bad and it's pollution eh, what do I know it's an estimated program that will generate you ready for this because it's okay to have pollution if you're getting paid enough for it. million each year and cut motor vehicle emissions by 26% over a 10 year period. Well, that'll be just in time for the electric vehicle revolution, which was going to happen. Money raised from these purchases would fund environmentally sustainable initiatives. I'd like to see that. Last December, the governors of Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and the mayor of Washington, D.C. announced their commitment to join the program, which goes into effect in 2023. Eight other states, including New York and New Jersey, Tom, were part of this, said they would continue to collaborate on the project, likening the chances of them joining the program as well. Um, excellent
6: that uh, means uh, the cost of our cars are going up again
4: well it's yeah i mean it's 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 inevitable that that's going to happen i just find it hard to believe that we can if we generate 300 million that justifies why it's okay for the air to be dirty um see i guess the whole thing with pollution i was reading an article on one of the mechanics forums this morning and they were talking about r12 remember r12 refrigerant And a fella up in Seattle, Washington, was having problems with his R-12 machine, and he had questions on where to get parts and how he's able to scrounge up enough R-12 for older vehicles, which technically I believe I believe the one respondent then said that's against the law. You're not supposed to be using R-12 anymore, or if you are, you have to be able to recover all of it and account for it because it's so harmful and so bad for the environment. And one fella from Southern California said, listen— um, I can get all the R12 I want. It's simply a matter of crossing the border and then just smuggling it back in, even though I can't bring it here illegally. Because evidently, according to the way he was talking in the forum, R12 is used a lot in Mexico and you know South American countries. And I don't understand that. It's 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 if we're all going to be on the bandwagon to clean the air, why aren't we all on the same bandwagon? It doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. So. for greenhouse gases up and down the eastern seaboard, but then what about the interior states? The wind tends to blow everywhere, you know? Hey, Ron, this is from Chad. Chad wrote me. "Um, Ron, I've got a 2010 Chevy Malibu. The right front tire tire pressure sensor intermittently reads low pressure, 12 to 17. Pressure is checked at 32 by manual gauge. Any idea? Yes. Um, First of all, how do you know that the right front tire sensor is keyed to the vehicle correctly. By that I mean if the tires were rotated and the position wasn't relearned, the tire you could be looking for could be on the rear, it could be on the left front, it could be somewhere else on the vehicle. The, the, The position of the tires has to be learned. and A lot of places won't do that because of the extra time and cost involved and a lot of people aren't aware that that needs to be done. So make sure the tire you're looking at is correct as it matches that sensor. And the way you're going to do this is you're either going to learn the position to verify it or you're going to read the four sensors using a TPMS tool, go around the car, one, two, three, four, five, if it's got it in the spare, which I don't believe it does in a ten, and then go look at the TPMS module on a GM vehicle. It's going to be under the remote control receiver door lock function in the BCM. And look to see are the tire pressure sensor serial numbers or identifier numbers correctly coded to that vehicle via the BCM. The scan tool will tell you, does the right front in the tool match the right front that's recorded in the scan tool? And then, you know, you're looking at the same tire. You could also just have a bad sensor which you probably do if all else checks out. If they're the originals, they're 10 years old. Those batteries do go bad, and they do produce erroneous signals. So you may want to consider changing that as well after you do some of the other due diligence and diagnostics. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. 560 9900 The Car Doctor, coming back right after this.
3: If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.
2: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
4: car doctor you know tom i'm just reading on the official we have two we actually have two facebook pages i didn't realize that we have ron and Annie in the car doctor which is you and me because that's that's you and me and then we have tom we have a fan club we have the official ron and Annie and the car really? doctor fan club we have a fan club we have a fan club how much do you pay them Um uh, let's three dollars <laughs> an hour and um mark goldberg wrote in ron a co- regarding tci the transportation initiative for emissions that i was just reading the devil is in the details in connecticut for year one 150 million gallons of gasoline will come off the market this is a disaster of pest. so wait so the way we're gonna the, the the way we're going to do this to have cleaner air is just sell less gasoline. Yeah, okay, that's a that's a viable plan. I can I can see where everybody's going to be so happy up in Connecticut. Andy, upstate New York, electrical devices for rust proofing. We want to have a conversation here. How can I help you? I got two minutes, kiddo.
6: Yes, sir. Just quick one. Are they worth the money? I bought a brand new truck. I put the electrical device on it, which was kind of costly. And the other one, I, I got a 2007 Chevy Silverado. It's starting to rust, so I had the NH oil under, under spray treatment done to that. Right. was Did I waste my money on, on this stuff or not?
4: No, I think those things have their place. But listen, I'm kind of crazy when it comes to rust proofing. You know, if, if, I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about it on air. When I got my 19 Silverado, I, it's, it spent a week in the shop. And, of course, I've got that option. I've got the shop. I put it over in Third Bay, and we kicked everything out of there, and I took everything apart. I took the wheelhouses out. I took the liners out. And I always spray everything of late now. I've been using, oh, when I say of late, the past 10, 12 years, Benjamin Moore Low Luster alkali. You've heard me talk about this. It's not a rust preventative paint. It's a rust inhibitor. And I will spray the undercarriage. I cut it with about 3% lacquer. And I will just spray. If you can do it when the vehicle's new, it's great because it's it's all clean surfaces. Although Benjamin Moore... It would stick to chicken feathers if you had to, all right? It just it It's got an amazing adhesion level. It's its basically the paint that you used to paint mom, grandma's uh, metal lawn furniture back in the day, all right? It just sort of went on and stayed there, and I'll spray the undercarriage. I'll spray in the wheel liners, then I'll put the wheelhouses back in. I'll spray the frame. I'll spray over the brake lines. I don't care, um, and as a rust inhibitor, stuff is is rock solid you can hit it with a hammer it doesn't fall off it's good stuff and it's easy to work with i think a combination of that and you know doing the electrical kits because i see these electrical kits on the market and they are getting good reviews i believe they do work and i think rust as you know you've got to embrace the technology right it's it's got to be a little of this and a little of that i think painting is probably the foundation of it all. And by the way, if you've got a newer vehicle and it's going to be out in all sorts of high salt content, you know, heavy snow environment, that type of thing, um, always look at the back bumper. Um, I actually took both bumpers off the plow truck and I painted the inside of both bumpers uh, with Benjamin Moore, so I won't have the issues of rotting out in 10 years. Uh, The bumpers will be there because you're throwing all that snow and sludge and you know, like I say, we see one snowflake. We put 12 million pounds of calcium chloride down on the ground. So, but, um, yeah, that's my that's my position, Andy. You know, a little bit of paint in addition to that. I think you'll be fine just fine, and I appreciate the call. Thank you. Have a good rest of the weekend. I'm Ron Annie and The Car Doctor saying thanks for coming by today. The garage was open, and uh, boy, the time just flew by. Till the next time, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.
0: that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No prohibited by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah.